You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Kiana Jones, artist and founder of Happening Hands, a community that helps makers and creative business owners build thriving, profitable businesses. Every week on our podcast, we discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to build that profitable handmade or creative business that you've always dreamed of. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Handmade CEO Podcast. Today's special guest is Sophie Thien, award-winning people management expert and author. If you are a company founder, entrepreneur, manager, executive, or startup professional, this episode is for you. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about everything. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with HR and diversity and inclusion work. Yeah, sounds good. Um, So I've started off um, as an engineer and while I was working kind of through my graduate program, I realized that I really wanted to work on people matters because I kind of feel like that's where I was really gravitating towards. And so I happened to chance upon a talent acquisition role, meaning recruiting. And I did recruiting for a good number of years before kind of uh, again, accidentally falling into HR. And when I was in HR, I realized that there was this whole plethora of gaps in the workplace that absolutely needs to be enhanced, elevated, and just creating great workplace experiences for employees. And that's how I kind of got started. And um, one thing led to another. My passion is absolutely in culture, building out great organizations, um, as well as really looking into diversity and inclusion. Again, all in all, just wanting to really ultimately create great work experiences for people. That's so beautiful. So thank you for that background. Uh, So you have done a lot of research on founders, and I really want to dig into this today. What are some of the biggest areas that you see founders struggle with as they start their businesses? I feel like this is a good place to start. Yeah, I think so too. That's a great question. Um, so I've, I've worked with uh, different kinds of founders um, in different phases in their companies as well, but particularly looking at early stage founders when they're just starting out their businesses, the three main challenges that they usually tend to come across and tend not to have people around them to support them to create these great businesses mainly comes down to not really understanding the type of culture and companies they want to create. Clearly, you know, although we kind of feel like it's probably mutually exclusive, you know, the place that you want to create as well as the product that you want to put out there. But at the same time, the way it works is obviously slightly different when it comes to the day-to-day of, you know, looking after your employees. So that would, I say, be the main first challenge. The second one would be not really having the ambassadors, the culture guardians, the the right leadership team to kind of help you really enhance this workplace because they should very well know that they can't do this all on their own on top of everything else that they've just, you know, just embarked on this journey, right? It, we're talking about raising funds, building a great culture, building a sustainable business at the same time, making enough revenue to then make sure that the business, you know, is sustainable. Then finally mm-hmm. also, Finally, it's it's one of those really underrated challenge, which is a founder itself is actually also a manager. So if you're not really giving the time and effort to become a great manager, then 
why do we think that founders automatically just assume that they can be great leaders? So I think that the third one is definitely one of those really understated um, moments where people just feel, oh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. From now on, I can just be a great leader without having any training or any kind of coaching. Yeah, that makes so much, so much sense. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I feel like there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there, especially that I've met founders as well, who are just like, I have this great idea for this company and I'm just going to start it. And you don't necessarily think about all these things, even with making a business plan. I remember making a business plan when I started my first business and it was just, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking about team management or, you know, how am I going to not just manage a team, but also manage relationships, right? And that's so, so important. Yeah, thank you for that. So when it comes to personality types, <laughs> I'm thinking about my <laughs> own here. I'm an INFJ. How can personality types affect a founder's ability to kind of create these structures, the processes, and the realities of building a fast-growing company. Do you find that it's more or less difficult for certain personality types? Yeah, I love this question because I think a lot of people actually ask me this. Um, I think I think personalities per se is what makes you who you are, and so therefore ultimately determines the way you react to certain decisions or the way mm -hmm. you react to certain emotions that then helps you make those decisions. I don't think having a certain personality is going to make you a better or less of founder per se. I do mm -hmm. think, however, is when you do feel like if you're if you are the founder and you you run you're trying to run the business and you want to really do a good job but you know for a fact that your self awareness is telling you you've got some sort of limitations in the way you're running the business then absolutely seek out for help and trust that the people you bring in is going to bridge those gaps and that just all in all comes back to being a great leader right being able to mm -hmm. have the self awareness to recognize where your gaps are but at the same time also try and find a solution to bridge those gaps is ultimately very, very important. But at the same time, also what I've seen incredibly successful founders have been able to do is just being able to raise your hand and go, look, I don't have to know all of these and I don't have to figure this all out by myself. There are absolutely people out there with their own mastery skills that I feel can be brought into the business. And this is why we, we talk about bringing in quality talent, right? We talk about bringing in great engineers. We talk about being bringing in, you know, the best marketers out there for us to sell a product. Why don't we really think about that when it comes to the leadership team? We obviously mm. want the best talent all in all throughout the company. So personalities per se, I think the the sooner the sooner or the more aware founders are about their own gaps and their mm -hmm. strengths, I think the better it is for them to run great businesses. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, and it, it's the same with skills, skill sets, like the personalities and the skill sets, right? Um, obviously, there are things that you can learn. Um, but if you can bring in someone who just has all that expertise already and can just hit the ground running, it can make such a difference, right? Absolutely. Okay. So as someone who has worked in a supervisor capacity and who has started her own business, I'm really interested to learn what you think about this question. How mm -hmm. do founders know when there's work to be done to create a better culture in their organization? 
Yeah, I love that question again. Um, founders do know. I always say there are a couple of things that I know is kind of like, you know, this tingling sense on your skin when you go, oh, something needs to be done here. I just don't quite know what it is. Yeah. I would particularly say, point out that, you know, as a, as a person who owns the business, as soon as you start recognizing, the first flag is as soon as you start recognizing that the environment is no longer as enjoyable as it used to be, you're not getting as much joy out of the work, the relationship, the interaction that you're having with the people in your team and your company, then you mm -hmm. know something needs to change because it has changed for the worse. So in a larger organization, we call these cultural breakdowns. For example, we're starting to see um, we're starting to see conflict in people or in teams where they used to work really well and they gel seamlessly together, but why are they not quite on the same page anymore? Or we see contentious um, conflict between employees or leadership or management where these goals are not quite aligned and everybody is kind of like out for their own agenda. This is kind of mm. when you feel there is something that needs to be done in the culture. But in terms of what exactly needs to be done, it's probably like a series of work that needs to be carried out in order to find that root cause. Ever so often, I find companies and I come across companies where they just think, oh, you know, people are not happy. We've got a cultural problem. Let's either outsource this to a HR team or a people team, or mm -hmm. let's find someone who is a HR consultant to come in or a culture consultant to help us fix this. But this is also another major red flag because as people in the businesses, if they themselves are not integrated and, and not fully committed to solving the problem by being part of the solution, then it's really difficult for them to solve the problem. And the only people who will really know the root cause of the problems are the people who actually live and breathe this. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I used to work for a university and, um, it was interesting because it wasn't necessarily like we, I was part of the library system. So it was like a little bit separate, like the governance was a little bit separate from um, everything else happening at the university. And I do remember HR teams coming in and uh, my coworkers being super frustrated. Like, why aren't they listening to us? They have to send in these other people to talk to us because they're not willing to talk to us. And so that makes so much sense. And I've never actually thought about that. So that, yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, I hope that they fix that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's say you're speaking directly to a founder who just hired like three or four new employees this year, or maybe they brought on some new recruits for their team, and they really want to make sure to create a positive culture for them, but they're finding themselves struggling. Like what are some top changes they can make right away to create a more nurturing and inclusive culture for their team? So first things first is definitely to, you know, for the founder to really understand where the problem is coming from. Like I said earlier, it's mm -hmm. really understanding like what the root cause is, right? Why aren't people feeling comfortable? Why aren't people exactly happy in the workplace? And the sooner we know that, the better it is, especially when we're passing this down to new starters. But on the other hand, a quick fix would typically be, you know, I don't want to say this often, but shielding a new starter in the first place until you kind of figure out the rest is actually really, really important, but also very critical for their kind of like their early stage tenure, the way they embrace the culture, the way they're able to have the safe space for them to think about, oh, something 
doesn't quite feel right here. It, it's quite different mm. from how I've gone through the interview stages or what I've actually been able to see out there publicly. Something doesn't fit quite right at the moment, but you know, it's I'm in my early days. I'm here to figure this out to make sure that the environment is great for me moving forward, and mm. as well as it's you know. Um, encouraging for me to kind of like achieve my career goals or whatnot so I think if we can if we're able to shield them for a little bit and give them that air cover until they get settled into the dust then it is really good for new starters especially but on the other hand also really try to empower the new starters to be the very person who finds out where the problems are. I'm not saying that you send them out as like little cultural detectives to go ask every question to every single person. You might have a sure. 500 person company and there's three newbies or starting to interview every single person as if they're doing kind of like a HR role. Not really per se like that, but giving them the encouragement to go, you know, when you join the company, we want to, the company to aspire to be a certain kind. What are you finding? run surveys, ask these mm. questions, get feedback from them. What are you feeling that could have been done better in your first three months? We would love to hear your feedback. And this is where the people teams and the HR teams can mm. really play a critical part because onboarding is a journey itself. And the more feedback we get back, the better it is for us to understand where the root cause are. Yeah, I love that. And it really does empower them to feel like they're a part of things and that they can they can ask questions and that it's not going to be poo-pooed. You know, that's just like really, really important, um, you know, just for general like communication to like making sure they feel comfortable even just communicating at the most basic level. And this just goes beyond that. Are you looking for a beautiful and creative gift this holiday season that will light up your home or that of a loved one's? Shop the Made by Her Marketplace, our first ever partner marketplace. Made by Her features art and beautiful handcrafted goods from women artists all over the world. You can get there by going to www.madebyher.com. And if you're a maker looking for another home for your products, don't hesitate to sign up today. All Made by Her members also gain access to a Happening Hands membership that includes all of our courses, workshops, group coaching, and resources. All right, back to the show. So Sophie, you wrote a book and published a book, uh, super exciting, called The Soul of Startups, The Untold Stories of How Founders Affect Culture. Can you tell me a little bit about your book and how it all came about and what we will all learn when we read it? So the book kind of came about um, when I started unleashing. It was it really started off as if it was my own journal. I've been through, you know, been around the corner, work with multiple startups and work with, you know, different kind of personalities and also different types of founders as well. So as I was writing down, I started reaching out to my network to kind of test my hypothesis. If I'm feeling a certain way that, or I've seen a certain pattern that a founder has uh, implicated into the company, does anyone else kind of feel the same way as I do? I've seen it the same way as I did. And so I reached out to my network and little to my surprise, there are more and more of the very similar stories that kind of popped out. People would introduce me to different people. And then all in all, when I kind of concluded the entire um, research, it just shows to me that there are different personalities and different types of founders that affect the culture ultimately. And what I've mm. also been able to find out is that it really starts from the top. 
So back to your question earlier around, you know, how do, that's a great question to ask, how can founders make sure that they're creating a sustainable business and Mm -hmm. an empowering, inclusive and nurturing culture? Because that should be the very question for the founders. What type of business do you want to create? What type of business do you want to leave behind? And ultimately, these are not the questions that usually founders get asked. They are usually either pinned for extreme success because they've made you know, tons of money and it has been a very successful company. And then very quickly, if there is a cultural breakdown or people are not happy, it gets very quickly pinned down to the HR team or the people teams to then take up, you know, that I wouldn't say guilt per se. I would just say that if there's going to be a cultural problem, it's usually the people within the company that are the problem. So the book really just wanted to kind of highlight and surface that it does start from the top. Yeah. So this is a great book for founders to go get right now, right? <laughs> yeah, that that is true. And hopefully the whole point was also, I remember when, when I was kind of like interviewing people, I remember I made a really clear decision that the people I would interview are not founders. So this is basically the book is a platform for operators of all kinds mm. that have been in multiple different scenarios and situations okay. that have been able to draw their own conclusion and patterns. And hopefully when a founder or aspiring founder picks this up, they know that the day-to-day and the, and, and, and the actions um, from them have certain aftermath. That's so important. Thank you so much. And also just it's so exciting that you've published this book. I'm thrilled. So where can we buy the book? Yeah, where can we buy it? <laughs> um, so it's on Amazon. Um, okay. Usually you can find it on Amazon um, globally as well. Book Depository has it, um, but really in most of the major bookshops. Awesome. All right, Sophie, thank you so much for this conversation and coming on the show. And I appreciate the work you're doing and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Handmade CEO Podcast. Check out the show notes to get a closer look at our guest today and our special offers. Most importantly, check out and join our membership for makers, Happening Hands, where we feature courses, workshops, monthly coaching, and more for makers and creative business owners who are ready to bring their businesses to the next level. You can do this by going to www.happeninghands.com. See you next time. And until then, don't forget that no dream is too big to turn into your dream job.